Well, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try. Exactly. And today in our episode, we are excited to have the conversation with you about transmuting polarities. We could also say transmuting duality or opposites via the one thing. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, wait, I wanted to say, I looked oh, up yeah. transmute, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And here's the actual meaning of transmute, in case you're wondering, like, what, what does that actually mean? I mean, we could use the word transformation as well, but transmute is actually very particular in that it's, its meaning is that when we transmute something, we're changing form, nature, or substance. So the example was given that um, raw material, the raw material from his experience. And sometimes it's considered to be alchemy, like when lead was transformed into gold. And um, I think there's a, a magic in that. And so we'll talk about that. Indeed. And we're going to go into that in even more detail in a moment. But first, what I want to say, and I'm glad you you defined or started to define transmuting right at the, at the get-go. Uh, you know, we've talked in prior episodes, especially episode seven, about the importance of healing societal divisiveness. The starting place for this occurring is first for all of us, each of us, healing our divided states and divided selves from within. And the key to this is what we're calling transmuting polarities. Right, so. and you'll, you'll recall that what the, what the um, most amount, what, what's the word I'm looking for? When, what, the, what the critical mass in the collective consciousness is, is, is living individually and then contributing to the collective consciousness is outpictured societally. So we know based on the laws of energy that when each of us shift and sort of reclaim a higher level of balance between our warring parts, <laughs> um, that gets to be outpictured in, in the world. And so of course we all want more peace and we all want more um, inclusiveness and you know all the things that are sort of in our face right now we all want usually it's opposite <laughs> unless we're watching a good news piece but anyway we're, we're actually as human beings designed to transform and transmute energy but we were never taught it and that's okay we you know it's perfectly okay to be a beginner at it and it's also perfectly perfectly okay to start at any age and wherever you are. Actually, the best place to start is where you're at. <laughs> yes, it's it's never too late to become a transmutation wizard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, some of the things like the Aladdin's lamp and, you know, some of our fairy tales and stories actually were the allegories or the or the, the parables of what we're designed to do. And so I love to call that, you know, the that which is hidden in plain sight. So we're just going to be having conversations about that, which, which is hidden in plain sight. Indeed. And so just going a little deeper into what we mean by transmuting. Transmuting is elevating something that already exists to a higher level. Right, because and, we know energy doesn't come or go, it just transforms, right? Exactly. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It, it's only transformed, as you said. And so this transmutation is done by elevating 
seemingly opposite energies such as anger and sadness or frustration and things working out into a fully changed third transcendent energy of wholeness. Yeah, this is what we know. And this is what all spiritual uh, traditions talk about and all masters of energy that between two tug of warring energies, there's always a third transcendent energy of wholeness. So, you know, David and I have been practicing that in our own lives. And so we just want to sort of share with you that it works. <laughs> yeah. That it works and, and how it works. How it works. And the whole point in, in bringing this into the conversation of the one thing is that we have discovered that it actually only works when we include the one thing, right? Which is our connection to the source of life because it's life herself or life itself that actually does the actual transmutation. We just offer it up, so to speak, when, once we identify and become clear. Right. And in addition to Aladdin's lamp, we have another analogy and another metaphor to share with you to anchor this notion oh. of transmuting. Yeah. We, so why don't you do the... Yeah, I, I, I would love to do this one. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm a gardener and I've been composting for probably 30 years. And so if you happen to be a gardener, or even if you're not, you might've heard that a gardener's dream is what's called this black gold dirt. Uh, it, it's and, and the way we get that is by taking old kitchen scraps and coffee grains and, you know, leaves, dried leaves from the yard. And we put them in a pile and we, we, tussle them all up and nature does this chemical transmutation of all of those things coming together. And the end result is this exquisitely fertilized dirt that makes plants grow. And so that is another perfect analogy that exists everywhere you look practically because, you know, everywhere on the planet, there's within some reasonable distance, there's food that's being grown. Yes. So, I, I and and the other that. thing to know, I, what I, the other thing I looked this up years ago is that it takes 30 to one. So 30, 30, uh, uh, 30 times more old material than new kitchen scrap. And I thought that was really curious. And what I made that to mean in my own way of seeing that is that all of our old stuff, all of our, our baggage and our emotional, you know, tangles and the stuff we've lived in the past and the traumas that is perfect fertilizer for transmutation we don't have to run from it we don't have to begrudge it, it it's just it's it's the perfect foundation from which to create anew we might even say it's the necessary <laughs> the necessary well, exactly. ingredients yeah if that ratio of 30 to 1 is you know true across the board which let's just say it's more true than not at least it's true enough for the sake of our, our meaning here. Um, we need that. <laughs> we need that to, to figure out what we what we want to elevate ourselves into next and transmute in order to do that. Yes. Yeah. And here's another metaphor for you about, uh, about the importance of transcending or transmuting seeming polarities into a third holistic or integrated form, uh, which is think about a coin, uh, whatever coin you want to use in, in your denomination, in your country. But a coin has two sides to it. And 
there, at least in the United States and in some other countries, they're referred to as heads and tails, right? And what's on the head and what's on the tail of the coin varies, of course, from coin to coin and country to country. But all coins have a head and a tail. And it's, you, you can't spend a head or a tail on a coin. Uh, the, the only usefulness a coin has is as a full coin, not as a head or as a tail. Uh, you, you can't spend a head or, head or a tail, but you can spend a coin. Right. The currency becomes available with both sides. Yes. Yeah. And that's what's true when we, when we create, when we transmute seeming opposites, seeming polarities into an elevated third entity, a, a, a third a wholeness. And what we're going to do is shift from here, from metaphors, into real life examples. Right, right. So one of my um, more recent polarities that I've been, and, and David used the word, I, I don't know if you caught this, seemingly opposite polarities. Because if we even just consider the idea of yin and yang, if you're familiar with the, that circle and on one side is a squiggle of black and white on the other and then there's a, a small dot, dot of the other color on either side that is a representation that is a symbol of how there are seemingly polar opposites but they're always dancing with each other and they're always transforming into one another they're nourishing supporting empowering and giving energy to one another and so that that's you know we we tend to think in our human mind which is more divided more often than not until we do some of that healing, we tend to think that there's these two opposite ends of the spectrum and we're screwed <laughs> at one end or the other. And what we're, what I'm trying to, you know, bring forward is that that's actually not the way when we resist one or both ends of the spectrum, then we're holding that sort of that energetic in place. So well, one of the things you go into the, the example, yeah. I want to, emphasize a word you used, okay. which was, is dancing. Mm -hmm. And that's why, I mean, we're very deliberate in our languaging, Lori and I. And so you hear in the beginnings of each episode, we talk about dancing with the one thing. And I think at the end as well, that word dancing is, is deliberate on our parts. And this is the dancing we're referring to. Right now. It is. And, and dancing is a flow, right? I mean, it's beautiful to watch someone dance. There's movement. It's dynamic. It's not fixed and static. Our mind often wants to lock in on fixed and static. So, that, you know, we, it's just a, we have to remind ourselves that flow is the order of the day and dancing is a good word to use to have sort of activate that essence in us. So the, the um, opposite things I was working with recently is you know, I have this ten tendency to work really hard. And sometimes the return on my hard work doesn't always feel like it's, um, you know, I, that it's a good match, right? So, I, and, I, and I'm changing and upgrading my own internal wiring on that. But there have been many times in my life where I just, I come to a place where I'm like, well, F it, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sick of working hard and, and uh, you know, and that, and so that's, and I can feel it. We, we, you probably can pick any number of examples for yourself and you know, you're, there's a feeling there. It's tense. There's contraction. You know, it feels like we're blocked and stuck. And we even use those words when we're trying to find our way through something like I feel blocked or I feel stuck or, you know, like that. 
And then the other end of that, so the idea is to identify the thing that's got you by the throat, so to speak. And then there's always going to be an opposing energy to it. So then you want to identify the, the opposing energy that feels really true for you. And for me, the opposing energy of effort, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just want to give up. I want to throw my hands up is like this this experience of always pushing and, you know, overworking and, and this tenacity that isn't the healthy kind of tenacity, but the tenacity that's over the line. So you take those two opposing energies and then the way I personally do it, and I think David has his way too, and he'll share that with you. But my way is I get really clear about this, this dance of energy, right? And, and I'm, when I'm getting clear, I'm getting clear to my own mind, but I'm also getting clear to my higher presence because it's the higher presence, the energy of the higher presence is actually going to do the transformation as I offer it up, as I give it up, as I, um, well, offer it up is the best words I know. I don't know if you have any, any other words for that, but I literally see in my mind's eye that I'm holding these two energies, one in each hand, and I'm offering it up in a triangular kind of way where my hands come together and, you know, it, th there is a third transcendent energy of wholeness that I don't yet know, but it's, it's now being given to the part of myself, you'll recall, this is our higher self, that's 96% of who we are, that has a much broader view than my own mind has about this particular um, polarity dance. And then I ask, I, I say a little prayer like this has been, you know, tug of warring in me. Um, this is the way it's been playing out. And I'm asking for this, the third transcendent energy of wholeness. And then I wait because I know that by the hand of grace, I will be shown or it, it will be it will be made clear to me what that third transcendent energy of wholeness is. And in fact, in this case, this, you know, I'm giving up versus over tenacity. Um, what what it came what came to me for that was was the word flow. Um, was was to just stay in that more it's it's like the Goldilocks thing right it's like there's a middle road where on either side it's too much or too little middle road and sometimes we lose our way with that road. And so, you know, I've always found that it is a higher wisdom that helps me find my way back to that path. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. And before I get into the example that I'm, that I'm going to share, I was, I was also thinking about the, the ways that couples or groups or societies get into the uh, the duality kind of thinking that re that calls for the transmutation, and so a, a simple example would be a couple where they're trying to decide what they're going to do for the evening, and one person says, "Well, I think we should go to the movies." And the other person says, well, I think we should stay home. And those are surface positions that people get into arm wrestling matches over. You know, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, we should do it this way. No, we should do it that way. And what's missing, the, the missing catalyst, the missing ingredient is looking underneath the surface positions to illuminate the underlying intentions, the, 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 
deepest concerns or highest intentions that are underneath the positions that are being taken because that's when these either ors get to be combined into an elevated, higher, integrated perspective. So we might end up uh, uh, saying, uh, yeah, I, uh, I need low stimulation, uh, so that's why I want to stay home. And, uh, and I need, the other person says, well, I, I really kind of, I've been putting out all day and I, and I, what I really need is to be fed. I need, I need something that, that feeds me and fuels me. And I was thinking a movie might do that just like you were thinking that low stimulation by staying home, um, staying home would do that for you. And when we're having the conversation at that level of core intention, then we can, we can actually discover a solution that is not a compromise, Here's but that actually works well for both people, mm -hmm. that meets both people's intentions, maybe in a form that neither of them had thought of before they started taking their respective positions. Yeah, and that's a really important point, David, because um, w when we were talking about this offering up, if there's not a willingness to like release and let go of holding on to one side or the other, then we don't get to have the higher transcendent energy of wholeness or something better. Yeah, and you know, and as I think back, on all of our years of being in relationship, I can't think of a single incident, a single occasion, single circumstance where the solution you and I came up with felt like a compromise to me. Right, right. Yeah, it's true. Me, I feel that way too. And more often than not, we're, we're pretty good about going into that underneath layer so that we each understand what the request is about. And yes, and so the, the point of my sharing that is that underneath every point of view, underneath every position, underneath every polarity is at least a grain of truth, if not a pebble of truth, and occasionally a boulder of truth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about combining those grains, pebbles, or boulders of truth together in order for a transcendent or transmuting solution or uh, or path forward can can be emerge is is right. really the right word for that. Yeah. So with that, I'll offer my example that that came spontaneously when I happened to notice a post on Facebook that said, "How do you trust?" and believe in your higher vision over believing in your fear. And I was very curious, not so much about the question, but about reading people's different answers. And what I saw in reading those answers was that most of the answers that people offered, and everybody, in, in my golden judgment, everybody offered a response that was truly trying to be helpful to this person that was asking this question. So there was no, you know, toxic poison yeah. stuff. It was all good and well-intended. But most, most all of those answers that were posted were duality answers. They were this over that. I would trust my fear over 
my my vision. I would trust my vision over my fear. Uh, and then they would explain why. Yeah. And what I posted was, I trust that my fear is simply alerting me to pay attention. And I believe my higher vision's version of what to pay attention to and what to do about that. And so what I was trying to convey in my response was the grains of truth that I find in both of the pieces that seem to be polarities or seem, seem to be tensions or opposites into a transmuted or higher whole that encompasses or includes the best of both. Mm -hmm. And so I, I transmute fear from panic, hesitation, doubt, or paralysis into a simple message called pay attention. And, then I, and, and I then leave it to my higher self to instruct me about what to pay attention to. Well, that's and, the key, isn't it? Yes. Right. Yes. I leave it to the one thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to trust the process. <laughs> right. Sorry, honey, right. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's not an interruption because this whole phrase about trusting the process is what I would call true but incomplete because it doesn't specify what process we're referring to. Well, exactly. And we already know our smaller human mind doesn't have all the components, can't see the larger picture. So we've taught ourselves that there's limitations to trusting that part. But when we... When we open up, when we, you know, break the glass ceiling, so to speak, and reach into the realms of ourselves, that higher intelligence connected to the field that is intelligent, then there's a much more um, it, it, uh, trustworthy fabric to, to consider. Yes. And so I, I want to kind of underline two other things before we move on to our next point, which is that. I just want to share that I adopted this kind of both and rather than either or approach to this whole thing of, you know, fear versus vision um, by learning the hard way, as most of us do, uh, you know, with certain life lessons. That, learning. Yeah. Yeah. That I that I can I consistently paid high prices for ignoring my fear, ignoring those messages inside me that said, pay attention. And I instead would ignore my fear and stick my head in the sand or pretend like that wasn't uh, there inside me thinking, oh, that's not really a spiritual feeling to have. Um, so I, I paid a high price consistently for ignoring my fear. And I paid a consistently high price for ignoring my higher wisdom's guidance about how to understand my fear and what to do about it. And so it, it ultimately, it was being my being bludgeoned into surrender about this by realizing, you know, I'm paying a high price for ignoring either side of this seeming polarity. And this, uh, this is so important because, you know, uh, transmuting ignorance and being run by our animal self um, versus our higher self. Well, my animal nature does alert me to certain worldly things to pay attention to. And I'm, I'm not, it's not helpful to me to be in denial of, of 
that input from my animal nature, nor is it helpful to me to indulge my animal nature's ideas about what to do about what it's aware of. So I, I pay attention to those reptile brain reactions inside me, and I bring those to the one thing to be reframed in a useful way. Right. And you know, the human, human, the human species is the only species on earth that has the capacity to use a conscious choice to transform energy. So this is actually way more important than maybe we're leading on, but <laughs> yeah. And I ran across the other day, a, a very cool thing on transmutation. And, and it, it says grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in darkness. It's kind of like the chrysalis of the caterpillar to the butterfly, right? Whenever you feel crushed under pressure, pressed, or in darkness, you're in a powerful place of transmutation. And we have to trust the process. And trusting the process means calling upon the one thing. Yeah. I, if, if you take nothing else from this episode, please take that you require, you're, you're, you will have the most success in transforming whatever's in your face um, by calling on the one thing and allowing that energy to be part of the process. Yes, and that leads right into what we're all, in, yeah. more in my opinion, uh, aching for. Exactly. We're all aching and craving this third transcendent energy of wholeness. We just aren't sure how to get there. And, and you know, I don't know that there's any button we can press to magically be there, but we can do this work and get there. That much I know is absolutely true. And so, you know, it's really the, the commitment, if you will, the devotion to transmuting our individual dualities um, so that the critical mass can be met and there's enough people doing that so we can out, actually outpicture a different level of wholeness on a mass scale. Yes, and the reason we're emphasizing that is because for eons, humanity has been kind of swimming in the water of duality. And, you know, when we're, when we're swimming in whatever water we're swimming in, we get to a point where we don't even notice that that's what we're doing. It just seems like natural. Mm -hmm. So we've been, we've been, uh, we haven't even noticed for eons, generally, most of us, that we've been living in duality. And only when transmuting dualities within us reaches, like Laurie was just saying, critical mass in enough people, will we finally stop outpicturing our internal division on a mass, a mass scale. Exactly. And, you know, there's a distinction between, um, oh, what did you just say? Um, there, <laughs> I think I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> Yes. Can you, do you remember what you just said about, um, which part I know, right? It was that whole part. Well, it, it'll hopefully come back because it was really good <laughs> that, that about how we've been living in duality for eons. And oh, I know. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I knew yeah. it would figure something. What David was saying about how we're swimming in it and it just seems natural. The, the distinction, this is an important distinction is that while it's really common and it is, it's exquisitely common to be swimming in duality. It isn't natural. It isn't our natural state. You know, our, 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 our 
our ultimate wiring, our divine design, if you will, is having access to this wholeness. It's not living in this constant push-pull state of tension. That is something that we have just gotten really good at, but it doesn't mean we have to keep you know, being masterful at that, we can be masterful at transmuting it so that we can be masterful at accessing wholeness. Exactly. It may be, and it is what we're used to, but it is not what's meant to be our home. And we won't have a, a level of empowered peace, internal peace and internal calm until we can bring these tense, opposing, warring energies inside of us to rest. Yeah. Yes, agreed. So I think you wanted to say something about this. What we're describing isn't the only way. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there are other ways to do this. You know, we're just sort of opening the conversation and telling you a couple of ways that we uh, know work for us. But but there are plenty of other ways. And, and, you know, we encourage you to seek out whatever is a resonant way of transforming and, and healing energy. Um, that seem opposing inside of you because it's worth every ounce of your attention to do that. Yes. And even though there are other ways to transmute energy, the key to all of them is, yeah. is to recognize the push-pull within us and let it be transformed by the one thing into a state that leads us to the empowered peace that this transmutational energy is designed to get us to. Right. And and there's something that is probably important to know. Once that third transcendent transcendent energy of wholeness arrives into your awareness by grace, then the work becomes practicing it, living into that, you know, evolving ourselves into that third transcendent energy of wholeness. Uh, it, it's not just a, you know, again, a flip of a switch where, oh, cool, everything's good. The dualities are good. No, it's like, okay, now I get to embody this, the essence of this energy and, and become it so that it is who I am. Right. And it's not a one and done. We, we yeah. <clears throat> keep doing this process over and over and over again in each successive here and now moment. Exactly. So I would suggest to make it somewhat fun so it doesn't feel, you know, burdensome. If you, I, I just, that's my thing. If I make something fun, then I'm much more likely to do it in the ongoing way that something seemed to require. Right. And I personally love the challenge of stepping out of these crazy polarities and divisiveness and searching for that higher transmuted integration. Me too. So for me, that's 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 like doing a, a, a jigsaw puzzle. It's it's a fascinating process. Right. And it's um, fulfilling. There's something fulfilling about it. Yeah. Deeply, deeply fulfilling not only on a head level, but on a soul level, a really yeah, deep level. Exactly. And a heart loves it. Your heart will love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so, well. yeah, this this episode, actually, this is kind of a mini celebration for you and me, Lori, because this episode concludes our nine foundational episodes about our beliefs and principles that guide our relationship with the one thing. Exactly. And so our next episode, we're going to talk about different origin stories and cosmologies, including the Gnostic origin story. And, um, you know, any, any god that the human mind conjures creates a wayward situation that ruins 
our attempts to be connected with God or life or the one thing or source. And so it's important to, to be clear about those origin stories so that we can keep ourselves from veering away from that connection as much as possible. And you'll notice as our episodes go forward that we'll always be sort of weaving in this idea of transforming, transmuting polarities related to whatever topic it is, whether it's an individual thing or a community-based thing or a more worldly uh, focused topic. Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half.